You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast, released on the 26th of July, 2020. And boy, have we got a bunch of doctors for you. Oh, yes, we do, don't we? I believe. I think we do. Do we? Knock, knock. What? Who are you? Uh, Travelling prisons, Inspector. I'm the doctor. I'm here to help. Oh, brilliant. Knee-splaining. Here's how it goes. I'm Nick Briggs. And I'm Benji Clifford. And this podcast is packed with audio drama goodness. We do a lot of Doctor Who, loads of it, in fact. Uh, But there are other things, of course. Check us out at bigfinish.com for Space 1999, Torchwood, The Prisoner, Dorian Gray, Star Cops, The Avengers, Terrorhawks, Captain Scarlet. I nearly said Captain Dracula. I don't know why. Dracula. (laughs) Captain Dracula. Captain Dracula and Mr. Frankenstein. Uh, So much stuff. There's even a little bit of Star Trek. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit, but to business, Nick. As you know, we've had our pre-podcast meeting, so now uh, it's time to put it into action. So, coming up in this podcast... In a moment, we look at our latest reviews focusing on Doctor Who short trips, Regeneration Impossible. Following that, there's the return of our featured releases segment, by popular demand, actually by no demand whatsoever, in which we flash forward... Chat about minds, we both did minds. the same rubbish sound Great effect, minds. Uh, in which we chat about the Tenth Doctor and River Song, Masterful and Torchwood Soho. So that'll be followed by listeners' emails. That's right, my favourite thing. And then we go behind the scenes with Doctor Who, Time Apart, What Lurks Down Under by Tommy Dombavan, starring Peter Davison. And we finish off with the Randomoid Selectatron, offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release, which I nearly just said. No idea what that will be, but hopefully something nice. And following that, we give you the first 15 minutes of the late, great Tommy Dombavan's fifth Doctor adventure, What Lurks Down Under. Time now for a look out at our latest reviews. The 11th and 12th Doctors collide in Alfie Shaw's rather brilliant Regeneration Impossible. Hello? I'm the Doctor. I'm here to help. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Tricky business at the best of times, Regeneration, and three in the morning among a bunch of dead humans isn't anyone's idea of the best time. I hope. Look, I just wanted... Doctor Who. Short trips. Ah! You're regenerating. Oh, brilliant knee-splaining. Have you done this before? <sighs> Have I done this before? How do you think you got here? Regeneration impossible. Oh, what the hell. Guess I'm stuck with you. Hello, Doctor. I'm the Doctor. And I'm dying. Big finish. We love stories. You can't be the Doctor. I'm the Doctor. The last Doctor. Oh, are you? Oh, this is awkward. I'll just sit in the corner and not exist, shall I? And you wrap your ears around this one by going straight to bigfinish.com and typing Regeneration Impossible into the search pane, that little thing there with the raffia base. Uh, At the top. uh, Easy as that. First up, Indie Mac user says, It might be perhaps this reviewer's personal bias towards this era and these two incarnations, but Regeneration Impossible represents another major short trip highlight, if not THE, in capital letters, short trip highlight of the year. 
Dudman's impersonation of both Smith and Capaldi has never been better. The script is very intelligent in giving itself a reason to exist, thank goodness, and it genuinely does tug at a few heartstrings while giving fans of both these Doctors exactly what they want to see in having them cross paths in a very unique way. It's extremely short and simple, but very sweet and a love letter for the Moffat era and both of these Doctors at their respective points in their timeline. This is a special piece that deserves multiple listens and time devoted to it, and it was well worth the long wait in seeing this one come to fruition. 10 out of 10. Totally deserved. I wouldn't say that it was simple. I think it's massively complex. And, <laughs> and the way that uh, Alfie captures the flavour of those uh, eras is masterful. Brilliant piece of work. He's a clever, clever chap. Oh, I Well, SciFiBulletin.com says, Jacob Dudman's work has been reaching a wider audience during lockdown thanks to his excellent readings for the extra material that's appeared before and after the tweet-alongs. And his Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi renditions work really well here. Director Nicholas Bli... <laughs> Nicholas Bliggs. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was going to go, he's over here. Um, director Nicholas Briggs had to stand in for the other voice. I've got the giggles now. Um, I don't even know why. <laughs> director Nicholas Briggs had to stand in for the other voice. A portion of this, with Briggs playing Capaldi, has been released, allowing Dudman to concentrate on one at a time, and it's resulted in some of his best work for Big Finish to date. A short but sweet Time Lord team-up recommended. It's 9 out of 10. Well, there you go. It's the usual length for a short trip. It's, it's, it's not especially short, I don't think. Uh, I don't know why of, they're concentrating sort of, on that. It should be sort of middle trips, really. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, it doesn't have quite thing, the same ring, though, does it? No, middle trips, no. Uh, and the funny thing about me doing the voice is that uh, it was rubbish, what I did, of course, but it was just to give me... I was, I was just talking like this during <laughs> the... But, and, and, he, and, and when the moment I did it, Jake... I thought it would help. Jake just went... <laughs> he couldn't... He just went... <laughs> couldn't couldn't actually speak i said god is it that bad he went no no i promise you it isn't i promise you it's not that <laughs> bless him he said afterwards he finally confessed he said it wasn't so much the voice you were doing it was the really ridiculous face he was pulling because i was doing it so anyway uh, blogtohu.com says Regeneration Impossible is a unique short trip from Big Finish at less than 30 minutes they're all going on about the duration and a few pounds to download it is worth worthy of your time uh, director Nicholas Briggs combines the skills of Jacob Dubman with music from Johan Morris and sound design by Adrian Townsend to deliver the perfect example of what Doctor Who can do even without actors Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi at their disposal they can tell superbly in engaging in Invading, I was going to say engaging stories. <laughs> if you were a fan of modern Doctor Who, then you will not want to miss out on this release. Absolutely right. If you haven't ever tried Big Finish audios, then Regeneration Impossible is perfect for dipping your toe into the water. And it's really, this is me talking now, it's really worth mentioning that this was all Alfie's idea. You know, he wanted to push the envelope and do this. You know, it sounds like a full cast drama because there's just two parts in it. Well, actually, there's three, but Jake Dutman's brilliant at different voices and that's the key to it it was a great idea and huge kudos and props I think people would say uh, well done I didn't understand that a few weeks ago to Alfie Short so well done Alfie I say 
Yes, well done. And props to I you, see. Alfie. Here's a prop of a lampshade used oh, by Henry nice. VIII. There you go. You can have that one. A um, lampshade your... used by Henry VIII. There's great uh, historical knowledge and accuracy there. Well, the people, of, uh... people often forget that the light switch was, in fact, invented during the fire of 1818, the year 18. Um, <laughs> long then, time ago. And that's all from history today. <laughs> Uh, digitalfix.com says there's a good amount of references from both eras sprinkled throughout and some great comedic dialogue between the two particularly the 12th's comment on river and missy one's locked in my basement and i married the other one's um, locked in my basement and i married the other <laughs> <laughs> that was rubbish uh, i like it i like it uh, sadly, this story is the shortest oh, in the God. short trips range so far, um, but that is forgiven for the sheer amount of fun that it brings, and it also proves that Big Finish really aren't making the most of being able to use the Twelfth Doctor and his era. I had high hopes for my two favourite Doctors meeting, and it certainly lived up to my expectations. Could it be? I just uh, this is obviously a confession of complete incompetence. Uh, by the executive producer here is that it never occurred to me that it was shorter than the other short trips because it just seemed so crammed with ideas and excitement that it just seemed epic to me but anyway that's my problem well, I it's guess. only Doctor 30 seconds long isn't it there we go doctorwhowatch.com which Benji accurately describes as the famous watchmaking site Oh yes, that's that was the sound of Benji's watch. Overall, Regeneration Impossible is an impressive little short story. It does a decent job of capturing something of both the eleventh and twelfth Doctor's eras, and gives us an impressive performance by Jacob Dudman as well. He's brilliant. He is genius. He he is going to be a movie star, and you heard it here uh, a long time ago. And I'm saying it again. Another enjoyable little listen. Comicon.com, what a URL to own. Um, the structure for this story is really well done and feels like how an episode of the show would have been structured. The lines are well written to match each doctor's personality, and Dudman's delivery is spot on. On the Twitosphere, uh, Delang0910 says, PSA, by Regeneration Impossible. It's the first short trip I've ever listened to, and at Jacob Dudman is superb as both characters. Another absolute belter from at Big Finish. DP Vossen says, might be my favourite short trips episode. Outstanding audio. At Luke Alliance says, Regeneration Impossible, hashtag Doctor Who. I love having 11 and 12 together so much. The setup of the pilot and Bill, the references to Missy. Jacob Dutman does an amazing impression of both 11 and 12. It didn't take me out of the story at all. Nine out of 10. Is this Al reviews or AI reviews? I have I no idea. I can't work it out because of letters. Um, it's going to be a small, could be a small L, could be a capital I. AI but it's uh, AI reviews who, or Al reviews who says, I listened to the new Big Finish audio, Regeneration Impossible today. Highly recommended. The 11th Doctor meets the 12th, who is dying. <laughs> um, it's a great listen, and Jacob Dubman is amazing as both of the Doctors. It feels like a full cast audio. Definitely one to check out. Uh, and one of our favourites here, at Tom Housen1218, says Regeneration Impossible from Big Finish by Alfie Shaw is a truly fun and entertaining story. Uh, Jacob Dubman is a marvellous narrator. His 11th and 12th Doctor are uncanny it's true it's true the creativity and capability of these short trips always blow me away definitely a new classic 
Quack Team James says uh, at Jacob Dubman uh, underscore and Big Finish just listened to Regeneration Impossible and it was honestly amazing. Yeah. Thanks so much for making it. Please do more fun stuff with the Eleventh and Twelfth Doctors respectively, um, as Jacob Dubman does them so well. Uh, at Justin B. Quinnick, one of our favourite tweeters, says Regeneration Impossible by Alfie Shaw is the best at Big Finish 2020 short trip so far in an already impressive year! Exclamation mark. Probably my favourite work for at Jacob Dubman yet, which is saying something since all his work is wildly talented and entertaining. Pudding brains, go listen now. I don't know whose voice that was. <laughs> Your lovely wife. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yes, so she little, speaks like that. She does. It's really. It's a little little gag between me and me and Nicholas there. Um, <laughs> not about his wife, actually. Um, and there we have it. The biggest <laughs> collection of reviews that we've ever read out. Uh, is it anything to do with the fact that writer Alfie Shaw collates the reviews? Ooh, who can tell? Um, but it is an absolutely cracking short trip. So it deserves every one of them. Next week, we'll be looking at another short trip's Dead Woman Walking, performed by Sophie Aldred, along with Class, Volumes 3 and 4. Right, let's look at our featured releases. So we go to the Big Finish website where it has featured releases somewhere. I'm just trying to just scroll down, don't you? Feature yeah. releases first. That's it. Row yeah, of I haven't everything. got to the website yet. There we are. Yeah, feature releases. So first up, Doctor Who, the tenth Doctor and River Song. We don't have a clip yet of this, <gasps> but it's a very exciting adventure. We did it. We did this box set of three stories. Uh, first thing in lockdown, actually. We no, second, second big thing we did in lockdown, um, and the stories are expiry date, expiry dating by James Goss. It's a fantastic, mind-blowing adventure, brilliantly written. Uh, Precious Annihilation by Lizzie Hopley, a, a great historical sci-fi story. And Lizzie's a fantastic writer too. And also from one of our great writers of old, Ghosts by Jonathan Morris, which is, um, has quite a twist in it, I can tell you. We've also got a masterful limited edition. Now, the wonderful thing about these limited edition, um, I say box sets, but they're sort of, they, they come in the wonderful, gorgeous packaging, which is sort of like a, a book, but not a book, but it's just beautiful. It's one of those things, whenever I've been around our stock and looking at all the big finished stuff, I look at it and think, oh, it just looks superb. And as well oh. as that, it's a cracking story as well. I mean, it's literally an overload of master goodness. I mean, you only have to look at the cover to see how many masters there and there's pretty much all of them so um yeah go and check that one out we've got um it's an eight disc set and it's a limited edition pressing of just three thousand copies so once they're gone they're gone although you can get them digital as well but um yes, obviously yes. you know it's that the physical uh, product is essentially uh the three thousand ish thing but discs one to three are masterful um disc four is masterful behind the scenes um wonderful behind the scenes uh, featurette um mm -hmm. disc five is doctor who short trips i am the master um not me personally that's um whoever's that's referring to as well as that short trips the switching uh, which both are previously available and download only so you can add them to your physical collection and uh discs six to eight uh feature doctor who 
Terror of the Master by oh, Trevor Baxendale, yes. a brand new audiobook featuring the third Doctor, the Master and Unit, narrated by that there John Coleshaw. Oh yes, I've read the storyline for that, very exciting, very exciting. And listen, um, here's a trailer from Big Finish Productions. I am the Master, and you will obey me. Masterful. I am the master, and you will obey me. I am the master, and you will obey me. I am the master, and you will obey me. I am the master, and you will obey me. I am the master, and you will obey me. I am the master, and you will obey me. Big Finish. We love stories. You, Beardy. No, other Beardy. Yes, that one. Do the laugh. (laughs) There we have it. Biggly Boom, Biggly Bay, so check that one out. We've got another one in here, haven't we, Nick? Yes, Soho, Torchwood. Yes, other way around, actually. Torchwood, Soho, Parasite. <laughs> it's very exciting. It involves um, Norton Folgate, as played by Samuel Barnett, um, a brilliant actor who's also uh, Dirk Gently, you know, in uh, the uh, Netflix mm. series. It's a fantastic performance. You kind of look at it and think, oh, he could be a Doctor Who, couldn't he? Anyway, uh, great stuff. And this is coming out uh, in August, so very, very soon, hopefully. Um, and uh, yeah, highly, highly recommended. It's a belter. It's got, oh, by the way, you have to mention it's got Tom Price in it as uh, Andy Davidson, uh, Dervla Kerwin, David Troughton. Oh, we're brilliant. It's a fantastic cast. Apparently, Alfie Shaw is in it as well. He's branching out, isn't he? He's playing <laughs> Creature. Did I play the trailer for that? Uh, You didn't, but let's do it now. What is Torchwood? Torchwood was founded by Queen Victoria to save the British Empire from alien threats. And they screw it up. From Big Finish Productions, Torchwood Soho, Volume 1. Folgate, Room 13, what's your inquiry? Yes, you may, of course, speak to my boss. Hey-ho here. Apparently you've a dead Nazi for me. No, bits of him is fine. There's something really wrong with London, but trust me, one way or another, Norton is going to have to put it right. Norton, take my hand! Andy! Now, or you're dead! Oh God, those creatures! They're in here! I can't be dying. I'm in charge of Torchwood. I think that's why you're dying. Not in the best of years. This has all got out of hand. I've lost everyone I know, and I may have sent the only two people I can count as friends to their death. And, let's not forget, I'm clinging to the side of a rocket and I'm really, really, really very bad at heights. Oh, my God! Big finish. 
We love stories. Professor Quatermass didn't have to put up with this! Coming up soon, we will go behind the scenes with Doctor Who, Time Apart, What Lurks Down Under, by Tommy Donverband. But before that, let's have a look at listeners' emails. Well, as you know, this is the second one I can't stand. I hate emails. That's Everybody terrible, knows that. Terrible. They're just the worst Oof. things in the Oof. world. Um, in fact, let's just skip it. Skip it. On, on it. To the Onto the weather. Onto the weather. Now, as you know, that was the parallel some, some version of me. Which... are coming in from the West. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's, that's fine. I liked it. I liked it. With a raffia base. <laughs> work base um, no that was the parallel version of me I love emails and if you want to send in an email it's so simple just send it to podcast at bigfinish.com right, right, and yeah. it might get read out no guarantees but no guarantees. you know who knows no yes. first up this one here from Elaine Freeman uh, subject to this one answers sounds a bit like a sort of I want answers um, answer oh, answer the question stay in the light um, sounds, <laughs> sounds like what a madman talking about yeah. Give me a chair. Um, he didn't say that line. I made that one up, but I quite like the you? idea of him Just asking for a, a chair. <laughs> one of those plastic ones, you know, the terrible plastic school chairs. Get the space chair. <laughs> we don't have any chairs. Um, we don't have any legs. Um, Look at us. Did you think we'd have chairs? What is the matter with you? <laughs> they do have one for Susan to sit on, don't they? How and bizarre. Yeah. We uh, keep some... a supply of these for prisoners. But I love the way as well going on about prisoners, but we yes. how they've not seen anybody in ages, you know. Oh, yeah. Apart from the the, the Thals never go up there, so they don't even know why they're bothering. Well, that's right. It, it, there was a original first scene where they, uh, you know, the Doctor, Susan, and Ian are spotted by the Daleks, and the first Dalek line was, "Oh, now we can use those chairs." <laughs> <laughs> We bought them in the DFS sale for <laughs> five years ago, and we've never used them. <laughs> I always have this thing with, with the Daleks where if, if the Daleks are sensible they talk like Daleks but the second they're silly they just they just talk like this <laughs> hello there <laughs> dear oh dear well this one says uh, dear Nick and Benji here are my answers to Nick's questions Ooh. I listen to Big Finish on the app sometimes Good. just over my computer yeah. but I'd say that 99% of the time it's the app on my phone Okay, then the question is do you listen with headphones or do you listen through the phone speaker uh, interesting. Answer that question. <laughs> that is an interesting conjecture. The only living. No, um, I- I'm a download only customer, mostly due to price and shipping costs. I'll get okay. the occasional CD for special releases. Uh, I always get the special edition CD for Tenth Doctor Adventures, oh. and I have a few others. I used to get some boxes at Li Who every year, Long Island Who, as a convention, um, but I didn't get there last year um i love so much your non-doctor who output my favorites have changed but if i had to pick a range of the two i would say uh, the omega factor is one of the best things that you have produced i was very sad when you announced it was cancelled due to low sales yeah shame shame Atta Girl is outstanding as well and different yeah. uh, to anything else that you produce. And finally, The Confessions of Dorian Gray is consistently wonderful. Brilliant. And I miss having new stories. I loved Lockdown and was amazed at how quickly Scott and Alex were able to make that creepy story. Thanks. That was brilliant of them to do that. Uh, fantastic. 
Good. I'm still very, very sad that we didn't get the Lovecraft invasion last month, uh, since I was really looking forward to it immensely. Um, I hope that we will get to hear it before the MR ends. Uh, thank you all for your amazing work, Elaine Freeman, from Scotch Plain, New Jersey, USA. What's the MR? Main range. Main range, that's what it is. So, uh, Elaine, yes, you will get to hear the Lovecraft invasion. There were just a, a few um, difficulties in production. Really, really sorry about that. And we just need to sort those out. I'm told that that will all be sorted. Uh, hopefully, uh, the downloads will become available um, by the end of this month, July. Um, yes, that was sent from mail for Windows 10, by the way. <laughs> Uh, right next up here's one from phil johnson uh the uh title of the subject line is a question for nick and benji i'm inverted commas over the moon to see that space 1999 is returning in february with a brand new box set breakaway was my favorite release of last year thank you thank you very much and i'm so glad you were able to obtain the licensing to bring the series back to life i absolutely loved this series when i was a kid its stories were often quite dark and sinister the visuals um, were wonderful and had many a fantastic guest star christopher lee peter cushing joan collins leah mckern the list goes on mm. oh sorry it carries uh, what, have your, what have you got in your glass just water just water ah, i've got lemon lemon cordial oh yes we've had some interesting cordials at the moment there's one sort of elderflower and pear and if you Ooh. put it with soda water it somehow tastes like you're drinking stinging nettles how utterly bizarre uh, Steph said to me how do you know what a stinging nettle tastes like I said I'm just using my imagination it's like my father used to say uh, every time he was served yoghurt he'd say Ugh, emulsion <laughs> and my Interesting said, you've never you've never eaten emulsion why are you saying that yeah. well you know there's a first my dad's my, my dad's first meal he cooked for my mum was uh, stinging nettle soup <laughs> as the starter so it doesn't get any worse than that well, apparently it tastes like um, spinach actually I can imagine it would. I mean, it just yeah. it, once, once you boil it, it loses its sting, down, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, also, my father used to say that sprouts tasted like candle grease. Again, how many times have you ate candle grease? But he just thought that's what it felt like to him. It's and knowing my, your love for, for sprouts, oh. then presumably you would love candle grease as well. Oh, yeah, I eat a candle every day. Um, just because we haven't got any sprouts, they're out of season. Um <laughs> It's because mum used to overcook them, so they got a bit sludgy, I think. She used to cook them in the, the typical English way that people used to cook vegetables, you know. Boil them to death. <laughs> Make the corridor out the hallway stink of sprouts. <laughs> I just think the reason I said corridor is because my grandparents, whenever I used to visit there, they, they wasn't, it was never them cooking it, but they used to live in a block of flats. Right. I, I guarantee it would either smell of, of sprouts or just roast dinners. Mm. Um, usually both mixed together, but every single day. So there we go. At least you hope that's what the smell was. Uh, Barry Gray's <laughs> score was instrumental in inverted commas in setting the pace and tone of each adventure too. But we're back to Phil Johnson's email, by the way, folks. You probably forgot that. I certainly did. Which brings me to two questions. One for each of you. My first question is to Benji. For Breakaway, the original Barry Gray theme wasn't used, presumably as not allowed. That's not true. We could have licensed and used it, but we wanted to do something that fitted in with the new version. Um, it, I think it would have stood out if it was the original recording, the archive recording, don't you think? Yeah, yeah I think it's it, it dates it is the wrong word, but they're too got a very contemporary sounding 
first episode coupled with something very classical i don't know it doesn't it doesn't seem to work whereas with doctor who the, the doctor who arrangements are sort of timeless aren't they anyway so you brilliantly reorchestrated if that's the right term he says a new version of the classic theme could you tell me how you went about such a task was it a relatively easy process or did you go through many different iterations to get to the right one the whole score for breakaway is incredibly barry gray-esque how did you find recreating the classic 70s feel are there any other classic themes you'd like to have a crack at Right. Ooh, some good questions Over to there. you, Benji. So putting together the, the theme from scratch was... Um, it, it was definitely not an easy thing, but it wasn't something that I found massively difficult. It was a, it was a case of sitting down and really listening to the theme, breaking mm-hmm. down all of the sections, because there's a lot going on in there. It's one of those pieces. Barry Gray did things in a very kind of... Um, intense is the wrong word, but there's nothing... It's big and it's bold and it's always doing things. So it was a matter of sitting down and thinking, right, what have we got here? We've got the high string section doing this. We've got a brass section here. We've got some timps, all this stuff in there. And basically mm. going through and laying it all down once i'd laid down the foundations then you can kind of play around because it needed to it couldn't sound it had to sound like the theme obviously yes um which is very hard to do with with what we call midi instruments which are uh, sort of sampled strings and so they're not it's not a real it is a real string section but they're not in this room playing with me it's they were recorded there's no room somewhere in your room. there's no room no it's not, not big enough for it i'd like i wish i could have a string section in here um but yeah, so it was, it was about getting it to match the original and then after which it was playing and adding new things and playing with ideas. And Nick was great because we had a very, we were collaborating all the way through this mm. and kind of, because because we're very lucky because we, we spend a whole day with each other every week talking, yeah, yes. doing this. Um, and so Nick was saying, oh, I like this here. Maybe we could do this. And the, the bit with, which goes um, down, down, down. Nick kept saying, oh, just there, there's something there. I want it to be like this. And you couldn't quite... You couldn't quite describe what you wanted, so in the yeah. end, you just recorded it. You said, "These, these are the notes. Just whack them in there, and it works perfectly." And 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 I wanted a sort of spacey noise, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. It's like yes. space. It's so it's like this, and you just said, "Because well, I thought you'd take it and do your own version of it." And you said, "I've just put in the ones you played." <laughs> Which just so sounded I'm, good. I'm it's like, it's like, it's like oh, I would only have done that. So it's like you know, it's sort of seems silly not to. I mean, in regards to the rest of it, it was a, it's a bit of a mixture, isn't it? Of um, because I've worked on the, the Barry Gray stuff before um, with the Captain Scarlet box sets and had a blast doing that. Um, and so I tried to keep some of that original kind of bombastic mm. orchestral stuff in there. But also, um, because of the way Nick went about kind of writing this, it's it's definitely a different sort of... It's a whole different kettle of fish to the original in the sense that it's more contemporary and it's a bit more gritty and a bit more gutsy. So that's where... We added a bit, sort of the synthy stuff in there, and a couple yeah. of foreboding, because a lot of it is. It's kind of that preparation for the fact. Well, not preparation, but you're preparing the listeners for the big kind of, you know, the whole crux of the story, which is, you know, you end up being stranded away uh, from the earth. And so, yeah, it was, it was just sort of one of those things that all fell together. And in regards to any classic themes, I'd like to have a crack at. Um, it's a difficult one. I would love to do, um, I'd love to do a proper orchestral rendition of um, the tripods theme because <laughs> because I think that could sound wicked if it was really big. Um, Every time then, I think of the tripods theme, I accidentally go into the uh, casualty theme. 
yeah, I can yeah, I can sort of see that. I can yeah. sort of see that actually. Um, yeah, I guess that's the first one that springs to mind. What about um, uh, the day of the Triffids, the nineteenth? Because you've done, you did a version of some incidental music in that f- for me. That's just for so fun, weird. You, you just sent it across to me one day. Say, how about this? <laughs> I would, I would love. I, I, so I, I. It's funny you were saying that because I was that was just coming into my mind, and then you just sort of said it. Uh, I would love to do some Triffid stuff um, based on on that whole, not just the theme, but the score as well, because I mm. think that's one of the best television scores of all time because it's so it's so uh, before all that sort of stuff came into the movies yes it's very limited palette of instruments isn't it there's what what do they use they use a lot of um, vibraphone sort of stuff and xylophones it's it's mainly piano piano and vibes to be honest in there Um, there's not a there's not a lot else obviously in the title sequence you have all the the drums. choir stuff i mean yeah. uh, the drums yeah. i mean that that would be impossible to to recreate um with a, with artificial i mean you could do it but it won't be as affecting as I yeah you'd have to original. get jamie robertson to do that with his choir people <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> just as long as i get to do the yeah. but yeah so that those those are my are my picks there brilliant Thank you, Benji. Uh, Thank Phil you John's question. Yeah, nice questions from Phil. Uh, it goes. He asked me one now. A second question to Nick. Obviously, we all I have no idea what this is going to be. Um, obviously, we all know that Breakaway is an updated version of the original pilot episode. You're you've done wonderfully similar for the prisoner too okay thank you uh how do you go about reimagining updating classic stories and how do you select which ones to do when there are so many greats to choose from wow um well you you make sure you watch the original I, i watch the original and then i start asking myself what is this story actually about and um sounds a little bit arrogant i think um and how can i tell it more make it clearer or are there any elements of the plot that i think need bringing to the fore and and i ask myself about every single scene in the original why is this here and what's it trying to achieve and sometimes certainly with something like space 1999 you think this is just here because it's round about this time that the alarm has gone off and uh, they've been reminded they have to have another fight because it was a feature <laughs> of sort of 50s, 60s, and 70s and maybe even 80s stories that you always had to have a punch-up, didn't you? And you sort of would think, you know, they they the criteria for the way the plot went was like, we need some action here, we need some action here. And it's not uh, it's not quite so uh, such a, a major demand for an audio drama. Although, you know, I am constantly aware, like, ooh, this has just been two people talking. Maybe someone needs to do something during this. I mean, I was writing something the other day um, where uh, two people were, they were having to explain a lot of things. And uh, as originally written, uh, and I was co-writing it with someone, and as it was originally written, they were just giving information. And I suddenly thought, what about if one of them's more awkward about it and the other person loses their patience? So it becomes like a fight, you know, uh, and, and it becomes a much more interesting scene um, I just think that um, 
uh, it's, and I did that in a stage adaptation of Frankenstein where I adapted another play of, of Frankenstein where a big scene between Frankenstein and the creature I had them fighting and the creature kept picking him up and throwing him around and he would try to fight back and they were talking while they were still doing it and it sort of turned it into something else so I do a lot of that as well but really it's making sure as much as possible that you drill down into exactly what the story is about and of course I also change some of the plot elements to make the science the pseudoscience less problematic so that's and how you choose well obviously I chose the first one because that's how we started uh, but yes we're doing Death's Other Dominion because that's the producer David Richardson's favourite story <laughs> uh, there's no plans to do Dragon's Domain at the moment which again I absolutely loved but it is a very strange atypical story but I, I would love us to tackle that we might well do Earthbound there's a little bit of a scoop for you um, okay, I noticed that Death's Other Dominion is making an appearance, you say, in the new box set, minus Brian Blessed. Uh, here's hoping that we might see the Great Dragon's Domain and my personal favourite, Earthbound, reimagined in future box sets. Many thanks for taking time out to read my email. No problem. Keep up the astounding work, PJ. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And finally, we got one here from Rod Barroso. I hope that's how I pronounce it. Barroso or Barroso? Either way, it's a great surname. Potato, um, potato. Subject of this one is listeners' emails. Fair enough. Um, hello, Nick and Benji. I just finished Doctor Who Ravenous 4, Ooh. and I wanted uh, you to know that I think the Ravenous is not only one of the best monsters of Big Finish, they are one of the best villains in all of Doctor Who. Wow. The way their voices are produced are truly chilling. They sound like they're salivating as they're talking. <laughs> Their resemblance to clowns also makes them an iconic monster. Yeah, we had great fun p putting together the um, the voices on that one. Yeah, um, you one did of, that one of the things, didn't you? One of the things at the start that um, was an idea was them almost talking as though they kind of had a bit of a mask. Yeah. And they kind of talk a little bit like they're behind something. Because I thought it's like clowns, isn't it? You're afraid of the clowns and, and their you know what their faces are like but it just it's all you know it's one of those wonderful marriages i think where the actors who play the um the, the ravenous just get it and they do it so well and then the second you add on top of those those effects you just get something utterly creepy um obviously the screams are terrifying as well yeah god um so george so george what's his name i can't remember george thingy did it no no the the screams themselves are um they're, they're in a, a selection of monster sounds that oh. I've got of just raw screams. And, and what I did... I meant was the voice, I, sorry. Oh, the voice, yeah. Yeah, go on. What I, did, what I did with the scream is I stretched it and stretched it and stretched the scream and stretched it and stretched it. And so instead of it being like a, a normal scream, it, it just goes on. It's like scratching a blackboard. Just yeah, sort of that <laughs> thing that happens as you stretch the time limit of a sound, it breaks it down, doesn't it? It sort of becomes yeah it becomes sort of a weird a weird quality which has sort of worked for this one um the other cool thing about the ravenous is um and i i think this helps as well is that whenever they're around you hear a um a weird background noise it's like a sort of ambience of sort of i always have it's like whispering of loads of people kind of whispering and saying things and it's so subtle in the mix so if if there's a ravenous um you know miles off mm. before it reaches the the listeners you will hear the ambience coming in before and it's just a, a ah. thing that i learned from um paranormal activity yes yes because every time something happened i noticed that they put rumbling sub bass and whilst as a listener myself uh knowing sound it completely i just thought right something's gonna happen 
Um, and so I, I was complete. I noticed that everybody else th- would react to the fact that there's, you know, you hear this, and everybody's going, oh my God, something's going to happen. <laughs> I thought, we need this for Ravenous, and it worked really well. Yeah, um, nice job. He says modestly, um, but <laughs> maybe it didn't. Maybe no, it, maybe I that's think, the big complaint. Yes, I no, think I'm it? brilliant. I think you're fine. Yes, <laughs> but no, it's a great, great fun, great box set. Love working on it. Um, my question, if Big Finish collaborates with character options again, would a Ravenous figure be out of the question? I hope we hear from them again. There you go. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be out of the question. That's a really good one. I must remember next time we speak to character options, say, what do you think of that? Hmm. It'd be a great one for them to sculpt, won't it? Yeah, yeah, but that's the trouble, you see, making something from scratch. Everything they've done with us has been sort of adaptations of things they've already Mm. made, which is cost-effective. Interesting. Um, That's all for this week um, from the emails. Uh, Keep them coming to podcast at bigfinish.com. Time now to go behind the scenes with Doctor Who, Time Apart, What Lurks Down Under, by Tommy Donvervand. The third story in the set is What Lurks Down Under, written by Tommy Donvervand, and it's uh, in some ways quite nice because it's his first big finish story, but also, very sadly, his last, because as I'm sure people are aware by now, Tommy passed away from cancer very shortly after delivering his first draft. But um, it was actually Paul Mars, another Big Finish writer, who made me aware that uh, Tommy had always wanted to write a Doctor Who audio. And, you know, he, he was very open about, about his illness and, and campaigning and, 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 you know, raising awareness of it online. But he, he really wanted to fulfil that ambition. So knowing, again, we had these one-part stories coming up, it seemed a perfect opportunity to fulfil that ambition without draining too much of his time at a point where he wasn't able to give it. I, I never met Tommy, but I have to say he was really upbeat and buoyant and, and, and excited at the prospect of, of writing an audio for, for The Fifth Doctor. And it, it's strange, I, it, it, it's weirdly emotional just talking about it and the fact knowing he, he will never get to hear it. But I'm, I'm really quite proud of the fact we were able to to bring that joy to him and let him tell a brand new Doctor Who adventure and again his idea of telling a story on one of the convict ships travelling to Australia and latching onto Mary Wade who is a genuine historical character and the youngest female prisoner to be transported just brought something uniquely Doctor Who to the experience, that that idea of, of stepping into time and, and, and meeting these historical figures, particularly the ones people don't necessarily know about. You know, we always think of historical figures as being the big politicians or creatives and, and, and world leaders, but actually it's people like Mary Wade who are equally significant because of the positions they were put in. And that that's a really interesting dynamic to explore. At the heart of it, you know, it allows the Doctor to assume another kind of companion, whilst also being able to um, enjoy fighting a big aquatic monster, which, you know, is all you ever want from a Doctor Who story. I'm Laura Aikman, and I'm playing Mary Wade. He says that you come from the stars, and that that's rubbish, isn't it? Excuse me. He is right. Thank you. 
when I first came in this morning, we ended up doing a lot of those big sounds of everyone together. Uh, and I think that always helps you get into the day because you've heard a lot of the sounds that are then going to be filled in on your script when you go through. That helped me with a sort of scale of the boat, I suppose. And yeah, it's, it's a really nicely written script. And of course, it's uh, wild and wonderful and fantastical. And Kate did the voice of the big fish spectacularly. And we have a big scene together. So uh, that very much helped me envision a fish because she sounded just like a fish or what I would expect a fish to sound like. My name is Peter Davison, and I think I was the fifth doctor. I was rather taken with the uh, one of the stories, and I was rather sad to leave Mary Wade on a journey to Australia. And I thought I would travel around the universe with that character for a while. But then, you know, you'd have little glimpses of possibilities. And then, but in the way, you know, we're, we're a team now, the, the old team of uh, the two uh, companions and myself. And, of course, Adric pops in from time to time, and Turlo turns up, tries not to kill me. Uh, you're going to have a great life and never look back. That's easy enough for you to say. I'm going to get to Australia and it's going to be horrible. And then where will you and your fine words be? Actually, I'll be stood behind you. And just go to bigfinish.com and type time apart into the search pane to find that adventure. I uh, just wanted to talk about Tommy. Um, uh, you know, very, very sad that he died. And, uh, and, and brilliant, though, that he did get to write for Big Finish. As Scott mentions in that package there, uh, Paul Mars, a uh, writer who's done such brilliant work in the past, uh, Iris Wildtime, and done loads of great Big Finish stories. He uh, went public and said, hey, come on, guys, let's give Tommy Don Vivand his wish and let him write uh, a Big Finish audio. Uh, Tommy wrote a TV series for kids called Scream Street which was done that sort of stop motion animation, which is brilliant. And it was just at the time at the right age for my son to watch it. And he got in touch and he said to me, listen, I know you've got a young son. Which, is he into Scream Street? I said, yeah, he really likes it, actually. He said, well, I've written a load of books. I think it's 13 books, comes in a big set. And, and he said, would you like uh, those books for your son? Because I can Aww. send you some. And I said, God, that's really nice. And he sent, the, sent me the whole set of books. And I read them to Ben. They were, and Ben loved them, and I loved reading them. They really tripped off the tongue. He su was such a good writer. And the thing I particularly liked about it is, it was so clear to me that, like me, he's a, was a big Doctor Who fan, <laughs> and he uh, had read the Terence Dix books because he it, it felt like a Terence Dix way of writing. Uh, it was just just beautiful and a particularly lovely thing that Tommy did that he signed every book and in every book he put a slightly different message. Aww. So each time it was like, oh, what's Tommy said in this one? So, you know, it's fantastic. That, that, lovely um, man. Yeah, yeah. And so sorry that he's gone. But bless him. Thank you to Tommy. Oh, and we'll be dramatizing you with the first 15 minutes of Tommy's Doctor Who adventure, What Lurks Down Under, at the end of this podcast. But first, it's time to offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Yes, it's the Randomoid Selectatron. That was very well done. Um, <laughs> Overdone, I think you'll find. Never, never. Well, we've got a winner for you. It's uh, 2.1 Sarah Jane Smith. Buried Secrets. Oh, by wow. David Bishop. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, always a pleasure to see the Sarah Jane Smith stuff appearing on the Randomoid Selectron. Absolutely. And they, I love the covers. Let's just remind ourselves who did the covers? It's quite ahead of its time, really, for the, the way that Big Finish looks, because it sort of it, it looks like the more contemporary Big Finish stuff that we. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, that's like the positioning of the logo, really. Uh, Lee Binding did a fantastic job on these. I don't know who took the photos, though. Maybe that was Lee as well. Uh, they're fantastic new photos that we did of Liz Sladen. Brilliant. Absolutely lovely work. Uh, buried Secrets. Here's the trailer. Here are the headlines at midday. Police are investigating the sudden death of Hilda Winters. She was under house arrest awaiting trial for the theft of sarin nerve gas pellets two years ago. Josh, try to think of this as a fresh start for all of us. Keep in touch, okay? Ciao. <sighs> a fresh start, eh? <laughs> I wish it were that simple. I've spent too many years looking over my shoulder. I don't have to do that anymore. I found my place in the world. The past is past. I know this face. Even allowing for the decomposition, I recognize him. Oh my God! It's it's Professor Brunetti! Look, I don't know how you found me, but I have absolutely no comment to make about Miss Winters. Now just go away. I'm not a reporter. My name's Will. Will Sullivan. You knew my brother, Harry. Sarah? Who's it from? Miss Winters. Let me look. Dear Miss Smith, if you're reading this, it means I'm dead and my fears have proved correct. What the? But she's dead! Yes. She sent me a letter from beyond the grave. The Exemplar Crass is opening. More Latin rubbish. It means Book of Tomorrow. The exemplar cross contains several predictions, hence the name, Book of Tomorrows. But these weren't vague prophecies open to any interpretation, like those found in the writings of seers like Nostradamus. The predictions in the exemplar cross were apparently very specific, and several of them made mention of an apocalyptic event due in our lifetimes. Josh? Josh, can you hear me? Josh! You all right? Josh! What did you say your name was? Will. Will Sullivan. Why don't you sit down, Will Sullivan? We did a second series, of course, of uh, Sarah Jane. And um, this is the second series, isn't it? Yes. And this is the second second series. And this is the beginning of the second series of the Sarah Jane Smith series series if I could say series a lot more and I had the pleasure of working on, on these and um, and had met uh, Liz many times and uh, yeah it's just lovely to think back to her and brilliant that she did those and it was just before she did the, the TV Sarah Jane things we would have done more had, had she not been snapped up by Russell T Davis uh, so it's a shame we couldn't do more, but of course she had a fantastic time doing the, the series on television and well, many, I was many say, episodes. And, you know, and thank thank goodness that Russell did give her that opportunity as well, because there is a whole generation of kids now that love Sarah Jane just as much as as we do, and I think that in itself is just so lovely. Oh, and well, you get twenty five percent off that. So how how do you do it? It's, I think it's your turn to explain, Benji. Yeah, happily, happily. Um, all you need to do is go to bigfinish.com uh, our flagship website. I love the word flagship. I want to use it on everything. Um, you go to the um, the menu and then click the on the flagship. podcasts page, um, and then you'll have the latest podcast. And all you do is you click read more. That comes up, and you've got the blurb there. And in the blurb, it'll tell you to just click here and enter the code Buck 
up. So you enter the code B U C K U P, no spaces, all capitals, no punctuation. Click view offer, and there it is. I've just done it, and I've got last week's Companion Chronicles up there with its discount. So yeah, have you, you know, it's it? worth doing. <laughs> I'll do it now. Um, <laughs> it's well, it's well worth doing. So get involved, get your discount, and you know, and sometimes we we surprise you as well with with all sorts of Boom. bits in there. Well, thanks, Ran, and as I always say, it's always a pleasure, mm. and it is never a chore. Oh. Uh, time now for us to say goodbye. It is that time, so maybe Bye. we should say mm. goodbye in the style of Field Marshal Style. Officer and G3 military I, assessment. I suddenly went into being a crawl. What's the matter with me? <laughs> uh, yes. The moron had no further use. <laughs> is that what he says? <laughs> Come to your death. (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's enough. And while we're away, why not enjoy the first 15 minutes of Doctor Who Time Apart, What Lurks Down Under by Tommy Dombavand for absolutely free. It stars Peter Davison, by the way. reason why you're hiding behind my um, packing crate. <laughs> my large blue packing crate, which has been innocently parked here all along in this uh, sailing ship? Yes. Sailing ship, which is currently crossing, uh, traversing the uh, the Indian Ocean. Oh my word, that's a very pretty late 18th century dress that you're wearing. Who are you? Oh dear. You're planning on locking me up? Me? <laughs> Lock you up. That's rich, sir. It happens. Look, uh, sorry, what's your name? Mary. Mary. Uh, Mary, are you aware there's a large number of women standing over there? I am. Were they what you were hiding from? Yes. Which is interesting, because they're not moving now. It's what they do, sir. They comes over awful violent, and then it stops. They'll be like that for hours. Would it be all right if I examined one of them? You can stick pins in them. Some of the others did at first. Thank you for the tip, but I won't if it's all the same to you. And dilated pupils. And, uh, excuse me, madam. Receding gums, bad even by 18th century dental standards. You're staring at her teeth. Dick Barbara Woodhouse taught me. Are they all like this? 
Because I'm seeing a group of women confined in a windowless hold on a ship in the, did we say 1780s? So, assuming you're all convicts being transported, you are, aren't you? Yes, but... I mean, this is more than vitamin D deficiency or scurvy. What did you do? Hold on a minute. First tell me where you've come from and why you're asking me all these questions. Uh, uh, if you don't mind me asking, sir. I'm the doctor. From her... Wait, uh, no, his Majesty's prisons. Is that where your crate says police? It's not a... a surprise inspection. What are you banged up for? My mistress had so many dresses and I... I took one. She hardly ever wore it and I thought the colour didn't suit her. More of a kindness, really. Are you driving me? A little. Sorry. And so she had you packed off to Australia, rough. She sent me to be hanged first, sir. Probably jealous of your taste. Eh? That is a very nice dress. It's the dress, sir. She let me keep it. Kind of her? Not really. She said she didn't want it now I'd touched it. Not so kind of her. But here's the thing. A hold full of women, long voyage, keeping orders a bit of a problem, and your fellow convicts, they grow violent and then immobile. At first just a few, and then it spread. Now, I wonder if someone's been experimenting because a chemical kosh is a likely explanation. Sir? Your fellow passengers have been drugged. Is there a doctor aboard? <laughs> Another doctor. There you go. You broke the lock, sir. What kind of prison inspector are you? I have to check the locks. Very important part of the job. Now, does this look right to you? It's been a while since we've been allowed above deck, sir. Captain Edgar was kind enough to let us walk around for exercise. Spoke sternly if any of the sailors was over-familiar. there's no one around, which isn't what I was expecting. Look up at the way the sails are set. Explains why we're not making much progress. I've sailed in faster tin baths. Do you know where the doctor is? It's actually getting rather fun to say that. Uh, the crew cabins are that way. I'm not one of the girls who knew my way around there. Oh, why not? Oh, oh, I, I see. Yeah, long voyage. Some of the girls were saving up, hoping to buy houses when we got there. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Oh, look at that. Uh, extraordinary. It's the helmsman. Strapped to the wheel. He's alive, but no response. The same condition as your fellow guests. Curious. A good few years early for the rhyme of the ancient mariner. Something's very wrong here. Do you still think it's the ship's surgeon? Perhaps not. We need to find him urgently. No, no, that's not right. Maybe what's needed is a preparation of quicksilver. Knock, knock. What? Who are you? Uh, a traveling prisons inspector. Probably. And this is uh, Mary. one of your prisoners. What are you doing on deck? I locked the hole. I'm escorting her. She's helping me fill in a health and safety questionnaire on the facilities, aren't you? Huh? And I have to say that so far you're not scoring highly. For one thing, it was ludicrously easy to escape from the hole. For another, well, there's the condition of the other prisoners. What is this nonsense? I shall call for help. Guard! You won't, because you know as well as I do there's no one coming. You're frightened, and we can help. Plus, we're really very harmless. You are harmless, aren't you? Yes. There you are. Uh, you are the ship's surgeon, aren't you? 
Dr. Richard Alley, sir, at your service. Uh, no, you're not. But never mind. Now, something's happened here, and you're out of your depth. Tell me. It's taken over the whole crew, and uh, I don't know what to do. I've locked them in their quarters. There has to be a cure. Sir, if the crew are locked up, who's sailing the ship? Good question. Thank you, sir. I am, badly. It's why the Lady Juliana's making such slow progress. The captain and the helmsman helped me as long as they could, but then when the raving overcame them, the helmsman insisted I tie him to the wheel to save me from harm. Ah, the raving. It's what the crew called it. Wild hallucinations, bouts of uncontrollable rage, then long periods of catatonia. At first it was just the prisoners. And I'm guessing you weren't worried until it spread to the crew. You have a cynic's disposition. I do. And my next question proves it. Why aren't you two infected? The puzzle's what I've been working on in between trying to keep us afloat, trying to find a cure. If it was an airborne infection, is it that the two of you have natural immunity? I mean, it's possible. Sir? In a moment, Mary. Uh, the ship's rations. Everyone eats those, so it couldn't be that. Sir? And not now, Mary. The rations are pitiful. I've been supplementing them with some supplies of my own I picked up in St. Jacob. Ah, lucky you. Sir? Yes, Mary? The rations weren't enough for the girls. They took to fishing. Eminently sensible. Using twine and whalebone from corsets. They got quite good. The crew were doing it too. We were just a bit subtler. Didn't want to get into trouble. Commendable, but this doesn't look like the symptoms of stromboid food poisoning. The, the fish, sir. I, I didn't like the look of the fish. Excuse me? Well, the last few days they were bringing up fish that looked... Well, it looked horrible, sir. The others told me not to make a fuss, but I weren't having any of it. You didn't eat the fish. And you, Doctor, sticking strictly to your private stock? Yes. So, we need a fish. Now, normally, this is a fine freshwater rod, or so the Venerable Bede used to tell me. Still, principles are the same. The art of catching fish is patience. You brought that fishing rod with you? Yes. He was in a crate, labelled police. You've been hiding in a crate for the entire journey? Don't raise your voice, you'll scare the fish. Ha! Ha 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 ha! Oh, it's glowing. That's it, sir. That's one of the fish. I rather thought it might be. Oh, you're extraordinary. The water's full of them, sir. You see them glowing at night. I didn't like the colour. And no wonder. It's not a colour the human eyes adapted to see. Excuse me. A uh, figure of speech. The girls, they started glowing the same colour at night. It's only faint. Hmm, that's not good. It's nightmarish. What kind of creature is it? Now, you're going to find what I'm about to say a little odd, but bear with me. We prison inspectors read widely and have seen a lot, and let me tell you, that fish doesn't belong on this planet. Huh? Are you some sort of raving idiot? Frequently, sadly. These fish do not belong in this ecosystem, which might also explain the effect they're having on the people who eat them. Explain, sir. Uh, in words you might understand, I think everyone on this ship has become possessed by... fish. Oh dear, that had more impact in my head. We're in a lot of trouble. Well, can you find a cure? It's a bit harder than that. These fish are not just poisonous, they're trying to adapt by taking control of the people who eat them. You're saying the crew are possessed by these devilfish? Prove it. I'd like a look at that fish, sir. So would I. Pass me a bucket and some gloves. Ah, 
ugly sort of fish. People actually ate those. They were desperate. We didn't all have a private barrel stash in our cabins. Oh, I feel attacked. So you should. Aren't you fascinating? Look at your fins. I'm guessing you're practically trying to adapt. You're used to a different atmosphere, aren't you? Imagine that. A fish drowning in water. It's water. Why would it drown in water? Because your idea of water is very different to this fish's. Those fins are more like flippers, and those little hooks are probably keratin. Whatever it normally swims in is closer to stew, probably with a high metallic content. Fascinating. Does anyone else have a headache? No. A headache? Would you like a dose of laudanum? Can I get a second opinion? Preferably from the fish. I think it's sending out low-level Fantala emissions. Fair? And out you come, you sneaky little spy. What are you saying? We might be in trouble. Might not be. Sir, what have you done? Maybe nothing. I'm guessing these poor things normally travel quite quickly to the frying pan. We didn't keep them in buckets, no. Ah, so they didn't get much of a chance to call for help. Fish don't call for help, sir. Doctor, you're not an idiot, but when you close your mind, you behave like one. Sir! <laughs> I like you. Thank you. I like me too. Mind you, you might not like me so much in a moment. I've never been good at getting the hook out of the poor fish's lips. Everyone says they don't suffer, but then again, when was the last time you asked a fish? There you are. Off you go. Say nice things about us. Did you... you said the fish was calling for help? Yes. Who from? Mummy. Staying up on deck to fight that thing? It's taller than your mast, and I only have a fishing rod. If you fancy trying to spank it, by all means, have a go. The prisoners! Yes, they've been signalling in their own way. Sadly, not telepathic, so we get interpretive dance. Is it all right to be afraid? Absolutely. Do you suggest we cower here until that thing picks us apart? I had something cleverer in mind. Stay right there. Won't be a thing! He left us here to die! Have faith in the prison inspector! I'm finding that difficult. Here we go! Don't just Really?
working, sir. Is it? I'm afraid I've got my eyes shut. I don't believe it. He's gone. What was it, sir? A magic potion? Oh, please. Bit of a lucky guess, I'll admit. The creature was acclimatizing, so I gave it something unexpected. What was in that flask? Um, linseed oil. Linseed? I was oiling my cricket bat. You brought a cricket bat with you? In your crate? I was thinking of starting a team. Occupational therapy. Anyway, water, air, and so on. Reasonably simple chemicals to break down and digest. But oils? Tricky to get accustomed to. Thank heavens no one's invented the diesel engine yet. You're speaking errant nonsense. Aren't I just, Doctor? Tell you what, why don't you go and check on the welfare of the crew while Mary and I go and deal with that thing? Ah, you're going to kill it. Mary? I rather think he means to go and talk with it. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Yes. Why not rate, review and subscribe? I, 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 I can see absolutely no reason why not.